Onde
Amen.
Declare our praises to Him and worship Him for who He is. For He is worthy. He is worthy and deserving of all of our praises. Let us worship together. Forever you will be the Lamb upon the throne. I gladly bow my Father, as we have now entered the season of Lent for the year 2024, we just want to thank you, Lord. We give you our praises. Uh, thank you, Lord, for protecting us and watching over us thus far. Uh, every Sunday, you give us an opportunity to turn to you and to worship you. And for that, we're eternally grateful. And however long we have left on this earth, how many breaths we have left for the years or the days, we count the days and we understand that God that our lives are finite we're not we're here today and gone tomorrow so with that with every opportunity that is given to us we want to give you our best we want to offer you our best our everything Lord even if that means it's our brokenness and even at times it feels like it's our leftovers that we give to you our all and all that we can for your name is worthy and deserving of all of our praises So God, we declare today that your name is above every name. May the Lamb of the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ, be glorified, not just in my life, but here on this earth. And so God, as you transition to the message, may the words of my mouth and may the meditation of all the hearts for those who will be listening to today's message may be pleasing in your sight, O God, O Lord, for we declare that, Lord, you are a rock. 
and our Redeemer. We thank you, we love you, we give you all the glory and all the honor. And pray all of these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. Amen. God bless you. Uh, Let's just take a quick moment to greet our fellow neighbor at this time. Uh, We are in our series of Real Faith, and we are also in the season of Lent, as this past week, Wednesday, was Ash Wednesday. And today, we're at the final phase of our series, Real Faith. I was going to finish it all here today, but for the next two weeks, or for three weeks, including today, I'm going to include it in the video as we are away on missions. We're going to do part two and part three of this final phase of real faith. So by the end of it, we'll be doing 17 today, part 17, part 18, and part 19. That'll be the finish, the last part, the last series of the real faith series. So with that, let's all turn to James chapter 5, verse 13 to 20. And with this scripture, the title of today's message is called Prayer, Praise, and Worship. Again, Prayer, Praise, and Worship. So let's go to our main passage. The heading says the prayer of faith. And it says this, James 5, verse 13 to 20. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offering faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's for today's passage. Next week, and then the following week, will be verse 17 to 18, and then 19 to 20. But let's just go ahead and finish it all together. So continuing on, verse 17, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters... If one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Amen and amen. Amen. If you remember, a few weeks ago, about three weeks ago, we did a sermon titled The Two Ps. Remember? Pray and praise. It was not part of the Real Faith series, but it was found on the verse James 5, Chapter 5, verse 13, where it says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. And we focus on the two words, pray and praise. So today, it's prayer, praise, and worship. And today, I want to really go in deep and have a deep understanding what prayer means, what praise means, and what worship means. Again, 
Our main passage, verse 13 to 16, it says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offering faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So starting with point number one, prayer, praise, and worship are powerful. It is the single most powerful thing, greater than any martial arts, anything else, any weapon of this world. It is more powerful than any meditation, yoga, self-discipline, any of that stuff. Prayer, praise, and worship for the Christian, for the one who has faith, it is the most powerful weapon that we have. And we must wield it well, wisely, because it is powerful. Verse 13 says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Again, there's nothing more powerful than a person who, number one, prays, praises, and worships the Lord. Therefore, sub-point letter A, pray, B, praise, C, Worship. So the question is, what is the difference between praise and worship? There is a difference. The scripture teaches us that there is a difference between praise and worship. People may say, praise team, worship team, it's the same thing, isn't it? But the call to praise the Lord is found all throughout scripture. We see angels, human beings. It says even stones will cry out and praise the Lord. It says, all inhabitants of earth, they're commanded. It is a command given to praise God. So praising, it incorporates what? Singing, right? Dancing, right? Dancing. My friend Sam, he's a good dancer. Shouting. He used to, be, <laughs> he used to break dance when he was young. Shouting, right? Musical instruments. All that stuff, it incorporates praise. So in other words, Praise comes from a response to all that the Lord has done for us and is doing for us and will continue to do for us while we're alive here on this earth. So it's like a praise is like a, a shelf of recollection. Just imagine like you have trophies and medals and just memories, even a note, anything that will spark a memory of God doing something for you. It's Thanksgiving. It's just Lord, thank you for this. I remember this. I remember when I wrote this in my journal. It is a response, again, a response to all that the Lord has done for me and is doing for me and will be doing for me. It's a recollection of thanksgiving to God. That's why it says in Psalm 9, verse 11, David says, Sing the praises of the Lord enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done. Psalm 18, verse 3, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise. I have been saved from my enemies. Psalm 117, verse 1, praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. Isaiah 12, 5, sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. First Chronicles 13, 8, it says, David and all the Israelites, what were they doing? They were celebrating with all their might before God. With what? With songs, with harps, lyres, timbrels, cymbals, and trumpets, with instruments they were 
praising the Lord. Romans 15 verse 11, Paul says, And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples, let every single human being that is alive extol him, meaning worship the Lord. So going back to the question, then what's the difference between praise and worship? Well, my friends, the Bible says worship transcends praise. Worship is next level. It's deeper than praise. Praise is an outward expression. Praise is easier to do. But worship is not as, as easy. Because worship is about what? It's not outward, but it is about the heart. Worship is about your lifestyle. The decisions you make each and every single day. It is about who you are as a child of God. It is about your identity as a child of God. Worship is not flashy. Worship doesn't need instruments. Worship is about the closet room. When no one's watching, it's about humility, a.k.a. Lent, the season that we're in. The season of Lent is all about worship. It's not about praises. It's not about how well we play the instruments or how loud we pray. But it's about the humility, the humble worship before God. Worship is about acknowledging Jesus Christ as king over my little, small, tiny life. That he is the king of my heart. Worship is not about what the Lord has done, like the trophy. But it is about who he is. Just like the song, forever you will be. It's not about what you have done for me, but it's about who you are. The lamb upon the throne. It's about you, Lord. And that's it. I'm just here to extol you. And say that, Lord, you are who you are. As you say, I am who I am. Period. Nothing more and nothing less. That's why in the Gospels, John 4 and Luke 4, Jesus, he says this in John 4, in verse 23 to 26. Jesus says, yet a time is coming, has now come. When the true worshipers, not true praise people, not people who praise me, right? Jesus does a miracle. They praise him. Wow, thank you, Jesus. He gives them a free meal. Yay, praise. Everyone's clapping. But when he asks them to worship me, it says in John 6, verse 66, they all run away. They run away from God. They turn their backs on Jesus. He says, when true worshipers worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah. Again, this is the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. I know the Messiah, co-Christ is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I the one. Jesus is saying, I the one speaking to you. I am he. As it says in Exodus 3, I am who I am. When God said that to Moses, he's saying the same thing. I am he. I am who I am. Meaning, I am God. I am the Savior of the world. So what is God looking for? Who is he looking for? He's searching for the true worshiper. Luke 4, verse 5 to 8. The context is the second temptation of Jesus, right? Where he's in the desert 
before he starts his ministry. This is the second temptation that the devil offers. And then what does Jesus say to the enemy, the devil? Again, the story. Let's go to verse 5. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor that has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to, if you worship me. The devil wants your worship. But our worship should be to who? To Jesus, to God. And that's the struggle as a human being. We either worship the Lord or we worship the world, the devil, all that the devil can offer. Because worship is about your heart. And what you worship is who you will become. The devil says to Jesus, the audacity of the devil, right? If you worship me, it will be all yours. And what does Jesus say? Jesus answers, he answered, it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only, period. And then he gives another temptation and then the devil flees. So to simply put, praise is about thanksgiving. It's our mandatory response, right? Every day we should praise God because God is always doing things for us. Even when we don't realize it, right? Pastor Piper, he says, God is doing 10,000 things behind the scenes that we're not even aware of. He's always protecting us, loving us, doing what's good for us. So with that, when we come on Sunday, we give him praise. We sing songs. We praise him for all that he has done for me. But worship, again, it transcends praise. It goes deeper. It is greater than praise. Worship is about surrendering. It is about submitting to God. It is a mandatory call of who we are and who he calls us to be. I'll say that again. It is a mandatory call of who we are and who he calls us to be. And a person, an individual, can go a lifetime of praising God but never worshiping the Lord. They come to church on Sunday. They come to church on a holiday, and they praise God. That's good. Those are good things. But that's where we lack. We need to go deeper than that, higher than that. We need to worship the Lord from Monday to Sunday, 365, every single day, every day of our life. We need to worship Him because the devil desires your worship, and at the same time, the Lord desires your worship. And we worship will dictate our end. And the Lord is calling us to worship Him. To worship Him. Because the Lord ultimately, He sees your heart. You know, people can come up here and look good with praise, right? They have good voices. They have the perfect face, you know, look to worship and do this. They frown and they do everything right. But the Lord will see through that heart. And I'm here to remind us that he sees you today. He sees you. Therefore, the Lord is calling us to pray. And we've went in depth with the topic of prayer. So prayer, we're not going to focus too long on this point. The Lord is calling us to pray. Praise. Again, three weeks ago, the two Ps, pray and praise, we, we kind of ended there. Today we're going deeper. We're adding worship. Pray, praise, and worship. 
him today. Amen. And why do we pray? Just a quick side information on the topic of prayer. A lot of people think prayer, if you ask, you know, I ask people, uh, young people, uh, sometimes that you ask them, like they say, they make a joke, like, like all, you know, pastor needs to do is just pray and then the guy will just fall and like, <laughs> they'll just joke about that. But I ask them, do you, oh, do you know what prayer is? And, and they're like, yeah, isn't it like a, like a genie? Like you just ask and you get what you want. Again, a lot of these guys, they don't go to church and they don't really know the topic of prayer. And I remind them that, you know, and I don't impose, right? Only when the opportunity comes, when it's natural, I just say, you know, prayer is about, it's not about the genie effect, getting what we want. You know, God gave us the gift of prayer for our sake. And why? Why did he give us that opportunity to pray? The gift of prayer. Because it is a gift that the Lord has given for us to be able to communicate with the Lord so that we can go close and dine with Him. So when we pray, it is our way, the vehicle that the Lord gives us for us to draw close to the heart of God, not to just get what I want. Because when we pray, we're telling the Lord, Lord, it is not by my own strength or by my own will or how smart I am or how hard I worked, but it's simply, Lord, about the relationship that I have with you. It is a communication. I speak to you, Lord, and then you speak to me, and I listen. I speak, and I listen to everything that you have in store for me. So as it says in verse 13, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. It says, communicate with the Lord. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Amen. And amen. So again, point number one, prayer, praise, and worship are powerful. Let's not neglect them. It is powerful. Point number two, according to James 5, the passage I were in, in verse 14 to 15, intercessory prayer is powerful. Intercessory prayer is powerful. Intercessory means... You're doing things on behalf of someone else. That's what it is. Intercessory prayer is a prayer on behalf of the mission team that are going. On behalf of a friend that is requesting that prayer, who is in need of that prayer. It is praying for someone else. It is standing with them in the spiritual battle on your knees, praying on their behalf. So if you have someone who is doing an intercessory prayer for your life, it is the most powerful thing. It is the greatest gift that someone can give to you because it is spiritual. And ultimately, spiritual is eternal. Earthly things, gifts, those cards, it's good. But spiritual gift is greater, and it is a greater gift than anything else. At the nursing home this Friday, because we were snowed in on Tuesday, we had to shift and change it to Friday. And, and I was sharing with one of the Kunzanim about Westbury, right? Jong, the leader who passed away, the person that I used to work with often in the past. And I was just sharing about how she used to always say to me, you know, I'm praying for you. You know, I'm, I'm 
doing an intercessory prayer for your life. And when she was alive, I really felt it. I had strength because she would call me and she would remind me that I'm praying for you. And then when she passed away, I felt the void of that prayer life, the prayer that she would pray, especially for our church, for me personally. And then one of the kunzanim came and said this, and Arlene, you were there, but she was speaking Korean, so you understood, right? Yeah, she understood. And she she comes up to me. She says, "You know, I go to morning prayer, you know, every day." She's like, "I go from Monday to Saturday." I'm thinking that's not every day. No, Sunday doesn't count. So Monday to Saturday, and she said, "You know, I pray for you this morning. I pray for the ministry this morning, for nursing home this morning, and I'm gonna. I promise to pray for you and for the ministry every." single day. So when I heard that, I was excited, I was elated, I was happy, I was grateful. You know, we used to have only one, and now we have, you know, you know those konzanis are kind of crazy. There's like 20 of them. They're like, <laughs> they're like a gang. Whenever they're in the restaurant, they're so loud. They're everything. But there we have all their prayer now, and their intercessory prayer. And the prayer of intercessory prayer is powerful. Amen. It says in verse 14 to 15, Is anyone among you sick? Are you sick today? Let them call the elders of the church to what? To pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offer and faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. So it's all about accountability. So again, so point letter A. Prayer of parents, letter B, prayer of friends, letter C, prayer of leaders. If you have all of these three categories checked, then you are good. Parents, that's a sticky topic because some of you will be listening be like, what about me? Like, I'm an orphan. <laughs> I don't have parents or they passed away. I mean, it's not funny. It's not funny. But they'll be like, oh, parents, what do I do? Right? But Spiritual parents, the Bible teaches us, having spiritual parents, it's better. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, Paul had a spiritual son named Timothy. Not blood-related, but he was a spiritual father to Timothy. And it says, to Timothy, what does he say? My true son in the faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 Timothy 1.18, this is ESV version, translation, Discharge and trust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by that you may wage the good warfare. It means fight the good fight, Timothy. And he also had another son, Titus. Titus chapter 1, verse 4, To Titus, my true son in our common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. 2 Corinthians 8, 23, As for Titus, he is my partner and co-worker among you. As for our brothers, they are representatives of the churches and an honor to Christ. Philippians 2, verse 19 to 26, When 
Paul was in prison, he mentions Timothy and Epaphroditus, right? He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send them as soon as I see how things go with, with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon, but I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. And then he goes on. Right Throughout, in chapter 4, verse 18, Philippians, I have received full payment, have more than enough. I simply supply, now that I have received from Epaphroditus, the gift you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And in Romans 16, he has a whole list of different names of people that he mentions, that he considers as family. Again, not blood-related, but spiritual family. Spiritual family is thicker than blood. Christ is our Father. He is greater than your earthly father that you're related by blood. Jesus is greatest, is the greatest Father that we will ever have. It says in Romans 16, verse 3 to 20, I won't read the whole thing, but a few names I just want to mention. Greek Priscilla, Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus, they risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful for them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my, my dear friend, Epenetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Adronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Empletus, my dear friend, outstanding among the apostles. And my, my dear friend in the Lord, greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachys, greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test, greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus, greet Herodian, my fellow Jew, greet those in the household of Narcissus, Narcissus who in the Lord greet Trifina and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Perseus, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, and he mentions name after name after name after name. And he ends with this in verse 19. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you, but I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. And it ends with verse 20. The God of peace will soon crush sin under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Amen and amen. And then lastly, we remember Philemon, right? There's only how many chapters? One, because it's a one simple letter. And the whole story of Philemon is Onesimus, right? Onesimus used to be a slave under Philemon. Onesimus did something dirty to Philemon. But ultimately, Onesimus repented, found the Lord, and he worked with Paul. And Paul calls him his spiritual son. And he is doing on behalf. He is 
interceding on behalf of Onesimus to Philemon to forgive him because now he is a fellow brother. This is a Philemon, verse 1 to 3. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Tim- Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend, fellow worker, also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says in verse 10, skipping over to verse 10, that I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, meaning he did something dirty to you, and I know you may not like it, but now he has become useful for, to both, useful both to you and to me, and I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. He's calling Onesimus his son, and he's saying, Onesimus is my very heart, back to you, meaning he has repented, he has humbled himself, and he is part of the family in the kingdom of God. So if we have people like this in our lives where we have the same vision same goal same prayer life you're interceding on their behalf and they're interceding on your behalf you're blessed beyond measure if you have prayer of parents prayer of friends prayer of leaders in your life that are praying for you you're more blessed than you will ever know. You're blessed beyond measure. And I pray that we would always surround ourselves where we are in that type of community, where we help one another, not just physically, but spiritually. We're praying for one another. Amen. And lastly, point number three, James here, he ends with, prayer of repentance is powerful. Uh, prayer repentance is powerful. And I'm closing with this point. And in verse 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So our point three right here, our last point for this message, is very fitting for this year of Lent 2024. So let me tie this point to the season of Lent. What is Lent? It's about reflection, right? Meditation, our heart before the Lord. So letter A, check your heart. Letter B, check your mind. Your mind, where is your thought? That's what I mean, your will. The will of your thought. What are you thinking about? What is dictating your thought, your thought process? Is it the world, the ways of the world, the money and the pursuit of this world, the love of money and the things of this world? Or is it in the eternal Right? Is your mind grounded in the Lord? Is your heart, your life, your roots, is it in the Lord? Let us see. Check your path. In other words, ask yourself, am I on the right path today? Am I on the right path? Am I on the right path that the Lord wants me to be in? And again, Lent is a season of reflection and repentance. And this season, and I've mentioned about Lent many times in the past, over the years, again, the season is about repentance, numbering our days. It's about finding the Lord and being found in Him again. Some of you, you have wandered away and you have been lost for a while. You've wandered away in the desert. You've forgotten how God has saved you. Like the Israelites, what happened to them? They stopped giving praises to God because they started to go backwards. They actually wanted to go back to Egypt. 
because their mind, it got crooked by the ways of this world. But we need to shift it back and bring it back. And this season of Lent is the perfect time for that, where we reflect and we repent. And the Lord is asking us to find him again, for I am here. For without him, there is no life. Life, only one life. And that one life, it needs to be rooted in the Lord. And with that, I want to invite the praise team. Only if you could please come up. The season is about spiritual renewal. Again, in pursuing God with a pure heart. A pure heart means not that you have to have everything cleaned up and then pursue the Lord. That's not what a pure heart means. You come to the Lord as you are with your sins and with your brokenness. A pure heart just means a humble heart. That's it. If you have a humble heart, that is pure. That's all you need to do. Just come as you are, broken. Just come as you are, without any selfish intent or agenda. Nothing more, nothing less. Just, Lord, I just want to know you. And I want more of you. More of you and less of me. Because when there's more of God, we can't help but to have less of ourselves. It's not about less of me and, Lord, more of you. It is the other way. More of God and less of me. In line with the passage, we love because He first loved us. We don't love Him and then that's why He loves us. Because He loves you, it is a response of worship, praise to the Lord. I love you, Lord. The season is about wanting the Lord. Do you want the Lord? For He wants you desires you. The question is, do you desire Him? The Lord is reminding us and challenging us to desire the Lord and to pursue the Lord. If you want Him, if you desire Him, then pursue Him, for He is here today, and He will be found today. So with that, with that, let's come together. Let us pray and reflect on today's message. We'll have some time of worship with praises. And we're going to do the three things. We're going to pray, praise, and worship from the heart. Amen. And amen. So please be free and come as you are. If you are called to pray, pray. Praise, praise. If you want to worship, worship Him. Let's all do it all together, all at once. Let's pray together.
desire sacrifices or you desire a genuine obedience genuine worship just come as we are broken as we are only when we humble ourselves God your grace is applied to our lives but when there's pride God it bounces off there's no way that we can draw near to you with a proud heart oh God and many of us God we've been blinded by our pride and the desires of the of this world and the desires of the flesh of this world oh God I come before you today right now Lord to humble myself to lay down my heart before you God to worship you to worship you and you alone oh God nothing else nothing more nothing else Lord thank you for giving us the gift of prayer to be able to pray to you even right now God to be able to pray to you God is such a gift and an honor to communicate with you God there's nothing greater than prayer to be able to pray to you and to seek your face when we're broken when we're in need what more can we ask for God to, other than to die at the table with you oh Lord when we pray to you God you draw near to us and you draw near to those who are broken hearted Lord, thank you for drawing near to us and knowing us. Even before the word comes out of our tongue, God, you know it completely, oh Lord. You had a plan, a purpose for us. You love us. To have a relationship with us, oh God. And Lord, out of the overflow of worship, out of the overflow of the worship that is done in the background, that is done. the corner of the room. Lord, may my praises be the overflow in thanksgiving of all that you have done. The recollection, the memory to remember that you are good and that your ways are perfect. And we trust in you. Lord, and hold on to you this season. I love you and I wish
lastly, if we could pray for the mission team. Um, this year, we're not going to make it fancy or uh, showy with things, uh, just with a lot of mimes and uh, worship performances. But this year, simply, it's just going to be worship before the Lord. Uh, we're going to worship in the houses that we visit. Uh, when we visit uh, the people and we pray, prayer of encouragement we're going to worship in that household so if you could please pray for the mission team and for the worship that we'll be doing uh, in the place that we'll be visiting if you could please pray for the houses that we'll visit uh, the people that we're going to encounter on the street uh, the people will be the elderly uh, the orphans the quote unquote the least of these as the scripture says are in need of the gospel and we are all the least of these and we don't go in there with an attitude that we have something to offer but we're not any better we've just been called to give unto them the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ what we have received as beggars we give to them the eternal gift of our Lord Jesus Christ the gospel so if you could please pray for the mission team that will be effective in our worship in our prayer praise before God. And also if you can please pray uh, for the protection of the team. There will be no harm done for any one of our team members. And also if you can please pray uh, for the weather. And this has been very true every year. Uh, as if you remember that we just read in James 5 and verse 17 to 18, which will be the passage for next week. Elijah was a human being, even, even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Every year we've gone, we've had no rain, especially in the Philippines where it rains often and a lot. In Thailand, we've seen God's provision. If you could please pray for good weather, that would be protected from the weather. That our work will not be affected by the weather. So, if you could please pray for those three things. Please pray for the worship, for the team, protection of the team, and for the weather as well. Let us pray together. And also for the people who will be receiving the message of the gospel, that their hearts will be open and receptive to hear the word so that they will have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now, God. We ask of you as Elijah asked. But we ask, Lord, that all of our work and all that we do, that we are effective and powerful. God, as you've learned today, the prayer of the righteous, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So, God, I pray, Lord God, that our worship before you. The messages that we share and the testimonies that we share in the prayer, intercessory prayer, may we intercede and pray on behalf of the people that we'll be encountering, Lord. May it be powerful and effective, oh Lord. May your work will be done in our lives, in this small mission team, in this humble church, in this humble mission team, Lord. I pray you will use us in a mighty way, oh God. May you go back to the basics, the simplicity of the gospel. May our yes be yes and no be no. May it be done in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We do not hold on to the fleshy things. 
with performances. But Lord, we simply come before you as obedient children, as your servants, to do the work that you have called us to do. So help us to be effective in our worship, in our prayer, in our praises to you, God. And I pray, God, for the protection of the team. Let not any attack, any plan, and the schemes of the enemy will transpire and win over us. But we will overcome every attack of the enemy. And we will overcome through him, through Christ who is in us, through Christ who lives in us, through Christ who gives us strength. We will overcome. May be protected, O oh Lord. And I pray for the weather as well. As Elijah prayed for good weather, when he prayed for no rain, God, you have withheld the rain. When he prayed for rain, you pour out rain. Lord, may the righteous prayer, the prayer of the righteous individual, is powerful and effective. Lord, you are a God of miracles. You are a God. You can do all things. You control the storms. You control everything. Every single organism, God, it is under your power. The galaxies, the universe, everything, the stars are held by your fingertips, oh God. By your voice, just by your voice, by your commands, the world has, was created, oh God. So we trust in you, in who you are, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You're the author and the perfecter of our faith. So God, we trust in you, rely on you. We hold on to you. We pray to the true one, the one who loved us and who died for us and who gave his life for us. We pray to the one who is true and living. God, you are a God who is alive. You are a living God. And all other gods are dead gods, are idols made of gods. You are the true God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So Jesus Christ, come have your way within us and strengthen us, strengthen our church, watch over our church. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We thank you, we love you. So, Heavenly Father, I just pray uh, for today's message on prayer, praise, and worship. May this, may this apply in every area, every part of our lives. And I also pray for our church, the church we'll be leaving behind, that you watch over our church, uh, that you protect them, protect this ministry uh, that is your ministry. Lord, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We thank you for this time of prayer. We love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in your precious Son. We pray all of these things in Jesus Christ and we pray. And all of God's people pray. Amen and amen. All right. With that, uh, let's pray for the offering prayer. Uh, let us pray together. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for uh, giving us the opportunity and the honor to give to you what is already yours. We are just managers and stewards of all the blessings that you continue to provide for us. We thank you for this space that we have, for the roof that we have, and just for always being more than enough. You are more than enough, Lord. And with that, we give you not reluctantly, because we're pressured to give, but we give to you out of the joyness in our heart. We give to you because it is yours. May what we have be used for the furthering work of your kingdom here on this earth as it is in heaven. We thank you. We love you. We pray all of these things. Your precious son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. 
right, let's sing our final and closing song, The Path of Life in Jesus in Tagalog. No? Okay. Let's sing together and let's close our service with the final prayer benediction. service with our final prayer of benediction. Uh, let us pray together. Uh, let us pray. May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, and may the Lord shine His face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. And now, may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing His will may continue to work within us what is pleasing in his sight to be a true worshiper through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. And as God's people we pray, amen and amen. All right, God bless you. I love you. I'll see you all in the back. God bless you.